Welcome to the Sioux Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Evan Van Busekum. On today's program, we feature rural mental health specialist, Monica Kramer McConkie, to discuss her work with the Rural Resiliency Program and the services she provides at Eyes on the Horizon Consulting. The stresses and challenges that farmers face can be unique, and Monica is working to help them navigate their way to better mental health. So thank you so much for being here today, Monica. Oh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I know mental health is an important situation in agriculture now as before, but now we're kind of getting the attention that it rightly, in my opinion, deserves. How common is mental illness in farmers? Boy, that's a really good question because obviously not everybody that's struggling with a mental illness like depression, anxiety has been diagnosed. So we don't have a good tracking system per se for that. But I would venture to guess that 80% of our farmers are struggling with, if not a diagnosable level mental illness like anxiety and depression, they're definitely having chronic stress that causes symptoms of things like anxiety and depression. I mean, they're just two of the most common. There's, of course, a whole host of other mental illnesses and mental health issues out there. What do you feel are the biggest stressors involving and affecting producers right now today? Well, I'd have to say at the top of the list are those uncontrollables, which have always plagued farmers, right? So the weather, volatility in markets, just unknowns, breakdowns. This year, it's elevated fuel costs and fertilizer costs. So our farmers are getting their crops in right now. And I mean, they know heading into the season, the costs are going to be significantly higher. And the hope would be that when it comes time to sell or contract, that the prices are there to cover the cost, but you don't know. So that's definitely a stressor. We've had in a lot of places this spring, a very wet spring, which has caused delays in planting, a lot of prevent plant acres out there. So there's stress around that. Farmers don't prefer to rely on insurance or government programs. They prefer to get the crop in, have a good growing season, you know, get a decent price for their milk, whatever the case may be, and be self-sustaining. But it's been a tough spring. So those uncontrollables are biggies. And then I'd also say right now, there are a lot of farms in some type of stage of transition or succession to the next generation. And that's a lot of the calls I get. There's stress around relationship issues, whether it's a spouse or a child that they're farming with or parents they're farming with. And as the stress elevates, the relationship issues elevate and it becomes really difficult. This has never happened to me before. I went to buy diesel for my skid steer and I had to put my cart in twice because in order to get the amount of diesel I always get. Oh my God. And I'm a, just a small time producer. Like this is not my full time gig. And I just definitely thinking about those of my family members and friends that this is their hustle. Being a full time farmer is a full time gig. And I think for a lot of people, there is such a disconnect. I was listening to, I don't know, something like the Today Show or Good Morning America or one of those. And we're, they were talking about the high fuel prices and their, one of their strategies was to ride your bikes more. And I just thought, you know, <laughs> for a, a portion of the population that works, but anybody in rural egg communities hearing that, it's just like people are disconnected. They don't realize the impact that something like 
$5 a gallon gas and who knows five, whatever dollar a gallon diesel is impacting. Is there uh, resources that you can recommend that folks go to? I know that transitions have, in my opinion and experience, never been harder than today. It, it is complex. I would agree that, that in today's world, it's more complex than ever. And, and so it's not like a person can write a book about this is how to transition an egg operation from one generation to the next because they're all so unique. I mean, some have trusts set up by grandma and grandpa that are still active. Some are, some there's actually three generations because grandma and grandpa are still involved. Mom and dad are involved and the kids are like 20 and 30 years old. And so at what point does who step away and how does that work financially? And, oh man, it is, it's really complex. I do work with a lot of families, uh, multiple generations of them sitting around the kitchen table really working on how do we effectively communicate so we're not just getting up and storming out and how do we set goals and a timeline and stick to it and also understanding what our older generation is going through at the thought of walking away and turning it over i mean there's some there's some huge issues there about grief and loss and i don't have a purpose anymore and this is all i've done my whole life and the younger generations, like sometimes 40, 50 years old, chomping at the bit. We've got ideas. We need to increase efficiency. We need to do this and this. And everyone's stuck. You know, so what is this Rural Resiliency Program and how do you think it helps producers? Well, the Rural Resiliency Program, I work with them. It is a newer project funded through the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire Foundation. And uh, Doris Mould is the person who spearheaded this. And the goal of it is to increase the resiliency of farmers and their families by um, decreasing stress, increasing mental health and mental wellness. So my work with Rural Resiliency has really been providing webinars, and we've done two kind of tracks so far. One has been about exactly what we've been talking about, farm transitions, and like the human side of farm transitions, not the legal financial side, but just the the relationship human side and the other track is women on the farm or women in egg juggling multiple roles you know on the farm being the daughter-in-law the daughter potentially taking care of kids and parents um, often working off the farm maintaining the house things like that so those are the two tracks we did an initial webinar for each and now monthly, we have what are called resiliency circles, where people can just log on for an hour, and I do just a brief 20-minute kind of an educational training piece on some part of either transition or balance and stress. And uh, then we go into open discussion. And we just had one earlier this week, and it was so good because people were just able to bring things to the table and say, I just... I'm kind of at my wit's end. I don't know how to manage this. What do people do? What tools do you have? And the group really just shares. And it's shared stress. It's shared lifestyle. So I, it's been really fun to do. So this sounds like something that a lot of our listeners should really take a gander at and see if it would work for them or maybe be a good resource. So how can interested listeners get registered for the series? 
So the best ways to go onto the UMASH website. So UMASH is the Upper Midwest Egg Safety and Health Center. And they're involved with rural resiliency too. But on their website, you can search. And their, their website is UMASH, U-M-A-S-H dot U-M-N dot E-D-U. And you can search for the Rural Resiliency Project. And it'll bring you to a place where there's it shows upcoming webinars. So that would be the best, umash.umn.edu. Awesome. What are some things you can tell us about your Eyes on the Horizon consulting service? Oh, sure. Um, so the work I do is really around mental health and agriculture. So I'm a licensed counselor, you know, grew up on a farm, like I said. So when I was able to, a few years ago, start working in this space full time and open my own business, it was like dream come true because I feel like, the people I talk to every day are like my family, you know, it's like I'm talking to my dad, I'm talking to my brother, my mom. So I do direct service work counseling with farmers, farm families, spouses, farm kids. And I do that either in person or over Zoom or on the phone. I also do a lot of speaking and training on farm stress. And I do it kind of in two different segments. One is the egg industry. So your crop consultants and farm business managers and, oh, you name it, the milk truck driver, people who work with farmers, they are the people that have eyes on even when farmers isolate from everybody else when they're struggling. And so it's important just to arm them with, one, coping strategies for their own stress because they're working with chronically stressed people day in and day out. But number two... How do you recognize someone is struggling and and what can you do? Like, what do you say? What do you do? And so that's part of a lot of my speaking and training is to egg industry groups. The other part is to rural mental health providers and healthcare providers to really better understand people in agriculture. What makes them tick? We talk about the seasonality of egg and the stressors and the economy of egg so that when someone walks in their office, they get it. I talked to a lot of farmers that share, you know, yeah, I, I finally took the step and sought out a counselor and they had no idea what I was talking about. And so they don't return. And so it's a way to really boost. I mean, we're limited anyway on mental health resources in rural areas. So it's a way to boost and support the people that are out there to get a farmer walking in your door these are some things that might be going on for them so you can better understand. You know, I'm a veterinarian. There are other veterinarians and other folks listening in our listener base, nutritionists, salespeople that go and see farm folks every day. I mean, and kind of like you had stated, a lot of us are doing this because there are people like this is why you do your job. We want to help them if we can. So if we know or suspect a producer is struggling, what can we do or what can our listeners do to to help? You guys are a valuable group and you're a group that also needs to really take care of themselves. I mean, suicide rates among veterinarians are increasing. It's one of the groups that are kind of being spotlighted. And that's for a variety of reasons, right? You're working with animals in distress. You're working with owners in distress. There's a lot of pressure on you. So I would first just put a little plug in there for make sure you're taking care of yourself. 
Um, and that's an, another thing I talk about with egg industry groups is the whole issue of compassion fatigue, where you know your clients, you feel their pain, and you're kind of losing yourself to that and getting burnt out. So number one, be sure you're taking care of yourself, whatever that looks like, good coping strategy, stuff like that. But more pointedly toward your question, we talk about farmers isolating and the only people that they really can't isolate from are those of you they need to keep their operation going. So those of you who end up on the farm, seeing the animals, checking the crops, delivering the corn seed, whatever, consulting. And so you've got like a front row seat that other people don't have because a lot of times they, if someone's struggling, they might even quit going to church or quit stopping by Senex and having coffee with the guys. They may not quit going to the bar, but that's a different issue. So when you are there and you know and have a relationship with your farmer, their family members, the first warning sign is really if, if they just seem different on whatever level. They look different, they're talking different, their mood is different, the appearance of the farm is different, just different. And then as far as what to do, you know, really listen to what they're saying. They will tell you more things than they're probably telling their spouse about their stress. And then have resources handy. And I just can't tell you how important this is. I, I spoke to a group of crop consultants, agronomists, a few months ago. And sure enough, one of them was on a farm talking to someone who was very, very concerned about their brother who they farmed with. And the crop consultant was like, hold my card out because he kept him in his truck and gave it to me. And, and they gave me a call and I was able to get there to the farm. So wherever you're at, do some digging about resources in your area. Are there mental health resources for farmers that you can pass on? Is there a call? If someone's really struggling, is there a call you can make right when you're there with them? Like, hey, let's just call this person and see what they say or they can come and talk to you. Oftentimes with farmers, it's a financial issue. So is it a matter of checking out programs with the Department of Ag? What's available for them? What's out there? I mean, not that you all need to be the experts on everything, but just know that if you have resources that you can pass on to them or link them to, it kind of takes the burden off of your shoulders. So you can do your job and then it's up to that person to get help from the resources. But definitely listening if someone is making statements like they're actively thinking about ending their life, they may say things like, there's just no hope anymore. I don't even know why I try. I'm not going to make it through this. This is going to be my last harvest, whatever. You know, be sure you dig into that a little bit. Like, what do you mean by that? Are you thinking about killing yourself? And I do suicide awareness trainings also for a group so that you kind of get some words to help you ask that question and then know what to do. So those are kind of my top ones. Don't ignore it or miss it or dismiss it. If someone's given you some indication that they're struggling, just hear them and, and encourage them to get some help and have some resources handy that you can give to them. Thank you for those ideas and those resources and techniques to kind of get the ball rolling to help folks that are in our lives that we care about. Is there anything else that you'd like to add that we haven't covered? I don't think so. Other than if, you know, if you're in this space, there are a lot of trainings out there right now about mental health and egg and suicide prevention and egg communities. Just sign up. 
I mean, typically they're free. A lot of them are only an hour. If it helps you feel more confident and competent when you're out and about and on the farms and coming into contact with people that are struggling, you know, just put in your hour and, and I know it's not a, probably a CEU or whatever, you, you know, you have need for your license, but sometimes it's just really one statement or one idea that can ultimately save somebody's life. Absolutely. Well, Thank you, Monica, so much for taking the time to chat with us today. This has been a really informative podcast, and I've really enjoyed your input and your expertise. So thank you so much for joining us today. You are very welcome. And I'm just going to throw my phone number out there. Any farm families, farmers in Minnesota, the, the services are free. I contract with the state. And that my number is 218-280-7785. And my website is eyesonthehorizon.org. And so, yeah, feel free at any time to reach out. And uh, even if it's just to debrief a situation or process through something, that's what I'm here for. Awesome. Well, thanks again. That That's great. Right. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, thanks, Monica, so much for uh, talking with us today. It's been really informative and really, I think, eye-opening as far as all those things go. I'd also like to thank our listeners and Hopefully, if it wasn't entertaining, it was informative.